foolish mortals to awful neutral. Hello and welcome to Awful Neutral. I'm your dungeon master, Damien Mercado, and welcome to Teefy's Backstory episode. Starring Clint Beiser as... Artificarian! And as has become customary on the show, Jesse Egan will be starring as a bunch of NPCs. Say hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> you idiot. Oh, who's on first? Glee! <laughs> Glee, TV, after receiving Ogma's personal digits from Oberon, the Fairy King. Tifi, he just, uh, he's sitting at the bar, drink, tossing back endless shots. And since he's immune, it just doesn't affect him, but he just keeps on tossing back endless shots. And he's like, sometimes I wish these affected me. And he pulls out his Rocky Talkie. And uh, and reads the message to the uh, celestial and t- types in eight six seven five three zero nine. At the first available moment, you hit up your god, slide into his DMs. <laughs> hey, Ogma, you up? <laughs> You got some splaining to do, Agma. Who's sending me? This is just a robot crotch. There's nothing here, darling. What are you sending me a picture of? (laughs) You dial this number and the piece of paper teleports back into your bag or your pocket or wherever you find most convenient. And you see blue energy start at your feet and the top of your head. And as this blue energy travels up and down your body, you phase out of this realm. In the meantime, you are being photocopied into Ogma's palace. You have been to this vast library before. You see your god sitting on an immaculate Shea lounge, wearing a very spiffy smoking jacket, and has a cigarette extender. Tiffy, darling, this is quite an unexpected drop-in. Who gave you my number, perchance? Oh, um... This is, this is an unlisted number, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we've done some stuff. I got it from uh, Oberon. Oberon, I'll have to return the favor. And he takes a big, long drag. You can see he was in the middle of getting his nails done. He tells the servant beside him, Can I get you anything, darling? Anything at all? I just got a, a few questions for you. Ah, I was wondering when you and I would meet up again. Ah... Uh, we have discovered so much, darling, so much, and that all thanks to you, darling. Ever since you discovered what that arcane mind thing that was in the Citadel, all the gods have been able to do a lot more research. We know a lot more. I've been itching to uh, have a conversation with you, but, you know, so many nails to be done, so little time at all. Fabulous. Busy guy, I'm sure, you know. I've been uh, kind of busy myself. I've seen 
quite impressive. I've seen not only that, but your personal growth, darling. That's the most impressive thing of all. Yeah, real, real impressive, I guess. I hear you're also dungeon mastering. <laughs> <clears throat> well, hey, so listen. Yeah, I got uh, one question to start with. Did you know... Did I know what, darling? Oh, that about your past? No, that was something we discovered right at the exact moment that the arcane mind attacked you. It basically lifted its veil of secrecy, darling. We were able to get its secrets, and I'm afraid I know now. Uh-huh. Going to give you the choice, darling. You're one of my favorite servants. I'm glad you said that. You may not want to know what I know, darling. This might be a lot to handle. It might break you. Oh, I want to know everything. That gives me a lot of relief. It would have been very upsetting if you'd been holding back that very important information from me. I feel like I've been hit by a ton of bricks. I think there's more to the story, darling, than you think. And she reaches out, and this knowledge may be a burden. And she moves to touch Tifi on... Tifi leans for, like, leans into it, like, speeds up the process. He just jumps into the, the, the palm. Oh, ego, darling, ego. Uh, as you make contact with Ogma's hand, everything goes white for you, Tifi. You wake up in your old home, in your old laboratory, in Cranksport. You can hear the sound of your two girls playing outside. They seem to be having an argument about something. They're always fighting. You see that you must have nodded off at your desk working. You've been drooling on schematics, which is very unbecoming of a high elf. All these memories are hitting you at once. This room is at the same time incredibly familiar, has a sense of warm nostalgia, but is also very foreign to you. You hear a familiar and comforting voice come from downstairs, beckoning you to stop working and go eat breakfast. It's breakfast time! You hear the sound of your beautiful wife. Uh, what's her name again? Her name is uh, Blanche Poubel. Blanche Poubel. Blanche Poubel. 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 <laughs> I, like, I like Poubel, but it's Poubel. The name's Blanche Poubel. You hear your lovely wife beckoning you downstairs. Breakfast time! You have a tough time separating yourself from your work. You're so close to figuring it out, but... You and her have had fights about this before. You know that it's important to break yourself away from your work and spend time with your family every once in a while. And you head downstairs. Drats, if it weren't for that nap. When you arrive downstairs, you see your daughters arrive at the table. Sit right here, honey. Blanche, do you serve eggs or do you serve something that you grew up around? I serve a scrapple. Scrapple is a dish made of uh, an encrusted roadkill. It is delicious. <laughs> Would you like one or two portions of scrapple, honey? 
you knew there would be problems when you, a high elf, married an Eladrin. And while the marriage has gone generally pleasant, you have to pretend every once in a while to enjoy a meal that you don't necessarily enjoy. Tifi, you look in the mirror as you're about to dig into your roadkill surprise. What do you see? For a nerd, surprisingly athletic build, just this Adonis of a of a high elf, probably captain of his volleyball team. Um, just a very, very light, like, uh, professorial um, goatee going on. Very, tr- very trim. Um, and uh, who's a is a good actor? Dolph Lundgren, but an elf. Mm. Yes, yeah. It's just very handsome. Elf Lundgren. Pretty, pretty features, but also masculine. And uh, yeah, you're looking so handsome this morning, sir. I don't know why I called you, sir. <laughs> Got a top knot and like, um, he has a. Reading glasses on a, a chain around his neck. He doesn't need them for most things, but for his studies, he likes to get a little help for for his eyes. Such an intellectual, Miss Blanche Poubelle. Hmm. Yes. What do you look like? Delta, Delta Burke. That sounds classy. Yes, I look exactly like Delta Burke. And your accent's <laughs> evolving. I feel classier now that I'm Delta. <laughs> that scene my attractive husband made me a touch classy. My husband looks attractive and I look like Delta Burke. But my name is Blanche Poubel, which anyone that speaks French will know that means white trash in French. I love the idea that as soon as like you get mad, you go into your low class mode. But while you're trying to eat your scrapper, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm a lady. I didn't mean to overreact about the scrap. Now, I'm saying Tifi, but Tifi is a name unfamiliar to the person whose body you're inhabiting. Tifi, what is your what's your name right now? My name is Chet Blancate, professor, captain of his volleyball team and husband and father. Chet Blancate, I thought you were very sexy in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> you look so handsome this morning, Chet. Here's your scrapple, honey. A raven lands in your window seal, Blanche. You notice it has a note attached to its leg. You unfasten mm. it, and you see who the note is from, and you begin to scowl. It is from Chet's science and business partner, A.A. Ron Hubbard. Hmm, what have we here? Looks like a little bit of a note from this raven. Oh, my goodness, it's from A.A. Ron. Chet kind of spits his coffee out a little bit. Um, Well, we'll just ball this letter up and throw it in the trash, won't we? You don't need to see this from this horrible person. Blanche, honey, Blanche, you know that um, this is my work. I I can't just... I know he has his downsides and he can be quite the old codger, Aaron, but listen, he... He's one big downside. If I if I had to describe him, I would say he's the backside of an of an ass. He's a double ass. He's a donkey's ass, is what he is. Honey, we've heard... Uh, here's your letter. Here, take it. Fine. 
Fine, I'll go eat my scrapple in the other room. But, li- li- ah, every time. How, how do you think we afford everything? It's, he's the business side of, th- we need him. I, ah, jeez. Your daughters stop fighting for a brief moment, run over and hug your leg. Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. Don't read his letter. Nothing good comes. Mom's always mad, too. I know, little Gertie. Just... My name's Gertrude. You know I hate it when you call me Gertie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, uh... I'm gonna have a beautiful singing voice like Mom one day. That you shall. Just, you know, stay away from those cigarettes. <laughs> I would never touch the stuff, just as I would never touch my sister Loretta's husband ever in a million years. You are quite close, you and Loretta. Um, but you know, you know what will pay for your singing lessons and and Loretta's dance lessons that that you got so much? Me becoming a professional pun joke teller? (laughs) Well... Maybe, maybe someday, but until then, Daddy needs to work, honey. And sometimes... Lynch is laughing in the other room. <laughs> I've been training crickets to help in my act. <laughs> until then, love, Daddy needs to make money, and this is the way he makes money. Also, I'm doing very important work, honey. I understand. This will change lives. This will save people. I know we got a daddy with a big old smart brain. Just don't forget about us sometime, daddy. Uh, Sometimes you get real involved in your work, and there's nobody to tuck us in at night and read us stories and get us beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you do love your beer. Helps me fall asleep. Me and Loretta get a little finicky. It's it's lucky lucky your, your father and mother met, and... You get to have the nice beer that you have. All right, come back in the room with a beer, a frosty cold one for the whole family and uh, <laughs> hand them out. And I say, I can't hold it back any longer. I can't have you leaving. You give light beer to the kids. Yeah, have this light beer. <laughs> it's It's been diluted with a little sprinkling of crystal meth. No, I'm just kidding. It's, that's crystal light. <laughs> Tell me, did you ever get on board with your wife and daughter's habit of drinking before noon? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. These are breakfast beers. <laughs> oh, I love scrapple and beer in the morning. I can't have you leaving right when we're all eating scrapple and beers. This is what you've been missing. Every time you go off with that man, hey, hey, Ron, is a scrapple and beer mornings <laughs> they're sacred in this house <laughs> look at the shrine I built and I have a little shrine made out of crusty fried meats and canned beers and it's a it looks like a church built in the worship of Scrapple and Beer your daughter shotgunned her first beer yesterday and you weren't around to see it you missed it and I couldn't videotape it <laughs> It hasn't been invented yet. How much foreshadowing can we put into this flashback? (laughs) (laughs) Chet Blancate totally uh, shudders, and and there's like a tear rolling down his cheek that could be misconstrued as 
missing it so much, but uh, you know, it's regrets of some of the marriage going on. <laughs> Not being there to prevent this style of parenting. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Daddy! Daddy, don't be sad, we're doing front of you right now! And they shotgun a beer in front of you, they <laughs> take their butter knife, stab it, and pop the top. Yes, Cultures are different. Cultures are different. Cultures are different. <laughs> Mama said she was going to take us to the Feywild if you left to go see A.A. Ron Hubbard again. Blanche, be quiet, Gertie. I'm sorry, Mama. I know I wasn't supposed to say that. Please don't take off your belt. Uh, 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 you, you've, you've been using a belt on them as well. You're, you're, I cannot. Well, it's actually a sander. It's a belt. Sander. I sand... They're hides when they're bad, you see. Please don't sand down any more of our favorite toys, Mama. We'll be good. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I grab one of the one of the uh, toys off the table, and my little uh, <laughs> patch of yeah. What, <laughs> you hear a belt sander firing up in the background. <laughs> TV. Uh, I'm sorry, Chet. You, upon seeing this, you have a lot to absorb. You look at the note, and like you just hear. Uh, a, a woman threatening to destroy her daughter's toy for telling a secret. <laughs> Brad, I swear to God, Gertrude, I will destroy every goddamn toy you own. Now listen to me now. I will destroy every toy you own with this here belt sander. You, I would rather you had no toys at all than be a knock on your mother. Ah, Blanche Poubelle <laughs> will, will not accept you go into the other room to collect your sanity and think to yourself, you're so close to being done with this project. You're so close. You guys have hit a wall, but you know there's an answer out there. And once you finish this, you're done. Plenty of time to make up with daughters. <laughs> They're elves. They're going to be girls for a lot longer. You look at the note and you see unmistakably your partner, A.A. Ron Hubbard's sloppy handwriting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, like, also, like, meat stains on the parchment as well. That could be from the scrapple, though. <laughs> <laughs> I solved it. I need you in the Citadel right now. Come quickly. Dictated, but not read. By yours, truly, madly, deeply. A.A. Rod Hubbard. Oh, boy. I, I hope he's not cutting corners again. He's... No, he, he wouldn't. We've talked about this. Postscript. I have been cutting a few corners over here, so get to the lab quickly before something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, another raven brings in another note. PSS. <laughs> another corner cut. That better not be another raven from that AI round. I swear to God, I will sand down your toys too. Blanche, we have a lot to discuss when I get back. And I swear to God, if you take them to the Feywild before I get back, I... Uh, you know how much I hate leveling threats. Are you threatening a woman with a beer in one hand and a belt sander in the other? Blanche, you know I love you. And we have our differences. That sounds like there's going to be a big butt at the end of this sentence. And it's you! You know I don't love what A.A. Ron does all the time. But it's imperative that I 
oversee his activities and that I help him achieve what we're trying to do. Fine. Fine. You've always chosen Aaron over me. Me. And it's it's not it's not just me who says this, by the way. You know, King Tavares doesn't want any of the elves working on this project. I know. That is why I must do it. Because if he gets anyone else that's willing to work on this, it'll be catastrophic. What they're working on needs me. The, I need you to understand too. the implications. You're my chat. My chat, Blanche Kate. Blanche, there won't be an us or our daughters. Everything will be terrible. Everything that we've been working for. You know there's things that I cannot tell you. If this project fails, there is no future for this family. And I don't mean I'm leaving. I mean, I can't say it. Catastrophic failures would mean terrible things. We just... I need to do this. Now give me your belt, Sander, and stop terrorizing <laughs> our daughters. Yay! We love Daddy, don't we? <clears throat> and stay go? here until I come back. Fine. Go. You... This will be the last time. You... You go off and fix the world, but you're not having this belt, Sander. This belt, Sander, stays with me. And if these children stay with me, too. Yeah, take her belt sander, Daddy. She ain't so tough without her belt sander. Um, actually, you know what? I, I'm sorry. You want to start shit, bitch? I forget how tough they can be. Here, here you go. You, I what? You're just sanding their toys. Cash me outside, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy, you, I I love you. How you're so. She's a bad baby. I'm I'm sorry. I just shotgunned a few beers. I'm a little buzzed. I'm sorry, Daddy. She's been recording rap videos. Blanche, you stop giving them so much. I said one a night. One a night. And you're giving them to the... Ah, you have so much to talk about when I get back. She went on fantasy, Dr. Phil. Do you know that? Do you even know what your daughter's into? Tommy says you want us to be unpopular in college with your drinking regimen. She (laughs) says if you want us to be able to rock the dorms, we got to be able to chug... At a graduate level by the time we leave high school. Oh my god. Uh. I thought you were into academics, Daddy. That's what she said. Did you hear that? Now listen, you go off. Save the world. I might be here when you get back. I literally cannot keep having this conversation right now. I... I can't. I love you all, but I can't. I love you too, Daddy. Please come home. Soon. For the love... Of Tiberius. I, instead of saying I love him, I turn on the belt sander. Daddy, get the belt sander back! And you just, you hear this, you hear this scene and commotion. As you're walking out to, you just see all the neighbors, you know, waking up when your family wakes up, because that's what happens. It's an upscale neighborhood, too. (laughs) The other neighbors are just, hate your family. Hate your family. I just do, kind of do that, like, awkward, like smile but you lower your head and kind of like wince and like wave but not a full nice wave just like hi (laughs) yep Uh, yep Mm -hmm. that's my family (laughs) I picture you as like Rick Moranis and we're and this is like honey I shrunk the kids (laughs) you know I was thinking more like married with children 
where like Al Bundy is still the most respectable member of that family. <laughs> Why? Why did I have to fall in love with an Aladrin fail? <laughs> May the gods help the world if I don't return to this family. <laughs> Flash cut to you and A.A. Ron. Uh, you are standing in front of a large steampunk-esque machine. It looks kind of like the machines set up in uh, the movie The Fly. There's two chambers, very steampunk looking. You see lots of Tesla coils. In the room, you see you and A.A. Ron. You guys are dressed in white lab coats. You guys look like you're raising Frankenstein. You have big goggles, <laughs> big rubber gloves. In attendance, High King... Hans Hartholm. You met his son when you guys went to the Citadel, Boris Hartholm, but this is his father. He has several of his Kingsguard. This is better work, Bland Kate and A.A. Ron. We've put significant resources into this and we've given you ample time. The Empire has put much faith in you. We may have to go with another project if we continue to see failure. This will work. You've just got to be patient here. Just, uh... Hold off a second. You just got to take a chill pill and relax. That's one of my other inventions here. The chill pill. Why don't you have two of those and go uh, fuck right off? Come on now. Oh, uh, let's, uh, what did he say? Don't. Ex- uh, um. Excuse me. Don't. Don't. Don't mind him. He's. He is come. He's a. He's a crazy genius. Okay. He can be silly. He- May I remind you, you slovenly human, that. The gnomes have also had promising research onto this. You are not the only scientists who have been working on this. We have many, and they are all eager to help the Empire, and they will do it without the rudeness that you've displayed. Insult me again, A.A. Ron, and I will remove your head from your body. Please, please, listen, listen. Let us just remember why you chose us over these gnomes and other... Avenues. It is because we, you provided secrecy. The gnomes cannot be trusted in that regard. If the dwarves... That, and we are better. We are the scientific minds of the decade. The gnomes. Hm. I scoff at the gnomes. I mean, they could reverse engineer our already engineered Warforged technologies, but you know that we are the right per- people for the job. Yes, timetables have taken longer than expected, but we are doing it right. You cannot rush science. We could give you semi-working faulty soldiers that'll blow up in your face and will look good until you get out on the battlefield, or we can give you a solid product that will save lives. Tell me again, Master Elf, what is the process by which you will use? What adjustments have been made? As you've seen from earlier testing, we were making advances in the stitching together of latent shards of soul energy. What we were lacking before was our collection methods. We're struggling to collect enough pieces, and... In recent weeks, we've been 
making advancements in this process, and where, as I was struggling myself, my esteemed colleague here, the rude, but nevertheless genius... I always call geniuses rude. ...and necessary part of this, found the answer. So he says, and... Yes, I have the answer. You just got to wait for the answer. Aaron, at that point, a halfling woman approaches you. She is your assistant, Vor. She handles the day-to-day business of Mr. A.A. Ron Hubbard. I don't know that A.A. Ron Hubbard trusts anybody, but this steampunk peasant lady who is pure of heart has as much as one can won over A.A. Ron. Master Aaron, you forgot your lucky pocket watch. You never do an experiment without this. Mm, uh, yes, uh, uh, give me that. Uh, thank you, Vor. My pleasure, boss. I mean, it's not here to help a genius. And she scuttles away, not wanting to get in the way. She does a little curtsy to the king. Your Highness? The ever-pleasant Lady Vor. Chet walks over to the Dr. Frankenstein-esque switch. You mean, you mean like a lever? <laughs> yeah, it's a lever. <laughs> <laughs> looks at his partner, who looks nervous. They flip the switch. The machines hum to life. Bright lights, loud noises can be heard. Gears come to life, start churning. You hear that lightning strikes. That's the energy convergence conductor pulling from various dimensions these tiny shards of soul energy. Mm. It's alive! And with that, just as suddenly as it happened, ceases. You see uh, bright lights and residual energy crackling from inside the chamber. Suddenly, the chamber opens on its own, and you see a warfork. Data? Data, is that you? Data, are you all right? Is that you, information? The soldier stands up. You are beaming with pride. You've never seen this much movement after the procedure. It takes a few steps and looks at the room around it. Where am I? He talks. He walks. He lives. Ah, yes. You hear it start to cry. Everything hurts. It holds its head. You hear many voices, but all modulated come through. Sarah! Sarah, where is your brother? Sarah! Father, this hurts. What is happening? It becomes really creepy. This creature starts talking louder and louder like it's in pain. And slowly it starts... I cannot take it anymore. And it starts pulling at itself. It starts ripping the, rips parts of its face off. It rips its arms off. I cast uh, sleep on it. What is going on? It went mad. Was this a success or was it a failure, scientists? Sugarcoat it wisely. The future of your project depends on it. We are Scientologists. And the future. Sounds like a ridiculous faith. To you, perhaps. But you're an SP, as we call him, and you're loaded with Thetans. You have not accepted the Thetans. That was a good first step, wasn't it? We created a real good guy. Of course, this looks as though it were a failure. However, we've made a great stride here, and there's going to be adjustments that need to be made. Of course, you just saw the first time... We successfully assembled multiple soul shards 
in a single go and infused it immediately into a warforged. It will take time to perfect, but you just saw, yes, I would say it is a success. We created life! I will say this is much more impressive than your previous attempts at creating super soldiers. I will give you three more days, then the gnomes get the contracts. If you're truly that close, prove it to me. And the gratitude and riches of the Empire shall be yours. Fail me, and, well, well, let's just put it this way. We've spent considerable resources to keep the Elven and the Dwarven kingdoms both equal members in this charter organization from finding out about this project. I guarantee you we will not fail. See that you don't. Three days? You... You can't be serious. Finding out that an elf worked on this project would be inconvenient politically. Three days, you've heard me. It shall be done. Guaranteed. Count on it. Turns around and walks away. Master Vor, anticipating that this is going to be an all-nighter, brings both of you some late-night energetic teas. It's basically just monster energy drink that she boiled. (laughs) going to be an all-nighter, boss. Well, you know what? If anybody can do it, it's you two. You're the greatest geniuses in all of Sastagaria. Yes. Three days. <laughs> That's just the catalyst you need. You can do it, boss. I'm right here if you need me. Thank you, Vor. Aaron, you fool. We may have to put Vor's mind into this body. I didn't say that, did I? Out loud? Yes, that would be a downer now. <laughs> run run along, Vor. Ah. Uh. Thank you for Thank this. Thank you for the tea, Vor. Thank you for the monster tea. I'm so glad my wife shared this recipe with you. Oh. <laughs> she uses Mountain Dew and Rockstar. I like to use the monster and kick it up a notch. Yes. <laughs> I say bam as, as I put it in, too. It's, it's, it's fun. I also use Mella Yella. If you don't have Mella Yella, it's not the original formula. I love Feywild cuisine. It's so cultured and fancy. Boar, can you give us a minute? Absolutely. I'm sorry to bother you. And she scuttles away. You guys know you have three days to finish this. Mm. Damn it, Aaron, you fool. How? Ah. Listen, I think it can be done. We take Vor's brain and we put it inside of the body. Have you seen the film Frankenstein? Very funny. We can do this. We've just got to keep these things from going insane again. Listen, what if we don't try to stitch souls together? We just use one soul. We've been... By the way, I'm looking at Vor. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Vor's soul. I'd be happy to help it anyway, boss. See? Willing. Volunteer. Yes, yes, great. We have one volunteer to do an unethical situation. What do we do when we set this in motion? Just have them murder... It goes against the whole reason to make autonomous soldiers. To save lives is why we're doing this, Aaron. First of all. Second of all, why did you have to insult them right off the bat? Sometimes you've uh, got to be direct. And you've got to cut corners and do it quickly. So I say, (laughs) I say, we 
hit Vor over the head. And, uh, you know, a little quick tinkering here. Three days turns into two. He has suggested this idea to you before, Chet. It's the it's how we get in the door. We get in the door with Vor. I'd rather deal with the fallout of failing than murder. Listen, you've got to pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. <laughs> so I'm I I'm saying Vor's down. You know, let's uh. Let's shortcut the old uh, Scientology here. I already... You haven't even answered this. What when, What happens when we turn it over to them? I and that is our solution. I say we cross that vor when we get to it. You know what I'm saying? Unacceptable. All right, fine. Fine. I get it. I get it. It's not ethical, blah, blah, blah. You're not into it, so I'm just floating ideas. This is called... Scientology, you hypothesize, and you throw out some theoreticums, and you have Scientology. This is what we do. So I'm saying, let's circle back to that. All right, let's let's keep that. Let's back burner it. Okay. Uh, as you're saying this, as you're walking it back, she walks. She's coming out with like a mallet, ready to hand it to you to smash her. But uh, she turns back around when she and like. No, you know, no, she, Vor, we not right now. Let's. Oh, oh, sorry. Maybe later when he leaves. What we'll do is we'll wait. So, it's cool. I'm fine with waiting. We got three days, so, you know. Okay. If you got a better idea. Here's here's our... Mm, we, you know. Let's get to the drawing board. Start with... <sighs> contingency plan. First, we need a contingency plan. What if we fail? How do we dodge the fallout? Okay. I so, think contingency plan is spelled V-O-R, Vor. Dig it? Backup plan. No, I do not dig it. <laughs> I will not dig it. I will not, cannot, shall not dig it with a spigot or a frigate. <laughs> I shall not dig it. Do you dig me? <sighs> We've been down this road. Do not test me. You know who will win in a wizard battle. I hate to make threats, especially leveling them at my peers a Ron, that is enough on the issue. I do not eat green eggs and vor. That mm-hmm. is something that keeps A.A. Ron in check. A.A. Ron, while a genius, doesn't have a lot of field experiences, not very used to combat. Hey, listen. I defer to your wizardry and your opinion on this. Listen, I am just throwing out ideas here. Okay, and uh, yes. to me, well, it's good science to uh, give Vor a try. You're not into it. I get it. We'll think of something else. All right. Contingency wise, uh, I'm thinking uh, we split town, change our names. How about that? How about that for contingency? No, we disappear. We'll agree to keep working on the project mm. defunded. We give them the option to have two teams working on it. Divert their funding to the gnomes as they wish, and let us continue our research. You're gonna let them to get to give the money to the gnomes? That's... I'm. Well, there's Ooh. no other way, is there? From your past dealings, you know the king to be a level-headed man when he's not insulted. You know that 
you and Aaron both still have value. You probably could survive this if you just wait for tempers to, to flare down. Yes, I, so, we should try to get it done, for sure. So we'll, we'll, be f- we'll be fine. It will be very tough. If we have to go that route, it won't be pleasant. We'll be in bad graces. It's, it's going to be a mess. I'm packing my bags as he's saying this. But we can... We just need a reason to calm our minds. We will be fine. We don't have to resort to extreme measures. That's just... No, listen, I'm just floating ideas. I I was thinking maybe of creating some sort of uh, a cult or religion, kind of doing my own thing at some point here. Uh, So, like, for this, if it doesn't work out, you know, I'm just thinking... Hey, Aaron might do something else, you know what I mean? But, uh, plan, you know, everybody's got to have contingencies. But first, we got three days. I'm literally packing bags while I'm saying this. I got this microscope, I'm shoving you it into You sure do put the crazy in mad genius, my friend. Shortly after Aaron leaves, you retreat to the room you are using as your office. A few minutes pass. And then you hear a light knock at the door, and you see Vor. Mr. Chet, I know you're very busy, and I didn't want to bother you. I just didn't get a chance to say hi and see how your girls were doing. And at that point, she sees a gift that you are making for Gertrude. How's working on your daughter's birthday gift? You almost got it complete? I know she's going to love that clockwork fairy. Yes, it's just hard to find time with everything that we must do around here, but I'll surely have it done before her birthday. Well, her birthday's coming up pretty soon, but I know you're not the type to miss deadlines. I wish I had a genius father like you. I hope she realizes just how special her dad is. (sighs) The next two days are frustrating. Every time... Uh, you theorize something. Uh, it turns out you guys do work really well under pressure, both of you. You guys are geniuses and a point that is underscored even more when pressure is on. Uh, you guys uh, work outside the box. You think maybe the parts of the soul shards that were cut were wrong. They, they were forged incorrectly. You tried many different combinations, but lack of time and not working out on the drawing board before you get started. It's a frustrating process. Every promising lead is dashed and you guys are now the on the second to last night uh, you're one night and one day ahead of you Tifi uh, you've noticed that the last Chet. like six <laughs> hours while talking to Aaron he has become more distant Chet, Chet. you <laughs> haven't been meditating much you wake up at with your head in your desk and you hear frantic scrawling the scrawling that only comes from inspiration you look across the lab and you see A.A. Ron Hever. Oh, yes. This is it. Scribble, scribble, scrabble, scribble. I've got it right here. Ah, scribble, scribble, scrabble, scribble. This, finally, a breakthrough. Old chap. Hey, uh, yeah, oh. Have you found something? What, what are you on to me, old bear? I, what uh, well, I keep a dream journal, and uh, I was doing some lucid dreaming. I wanted to record. Uh, in the dream, I made a chili. And there was a recipe, and I needed to remember it. And so I jot it down, and the answer, you can see it here, cumin, cumin. 
is the is the key. So that's all it is. Just a little human. Go back to sleep now. Did you say human? You put human in what? You cry. crazy man. Get some sleep. So don't wake up and uh, ch- chilies can wait, man. We need to figure this out. If you had been less sleepy and ready to meditate, you might have noticed that A.A. Ron was staring at you like Bugs Bunny would when he's on a raft and starving and how somebody <laughs> turns into a chicken leg or a hamburger or something. Right. You notice that he has a similar look at... Maybe in the replay, Tifi witnessing through Chet's eyes, but uh, yeah. Chet didn't notice. TV, you wake up and you realize you are hit with inspiration as well. You go to find A.A. Ron and you can't find him in the primary lab. You suspect he's in the secondary lab, but you figure he'll be back up any second. You have some things to jot down. You come up with this brilliant idea for a transmutational vial. It wouldn't be necessarily a soldier thing, but think of it. You can mass produce gold. It would solve economic problems. Any sort of precious resource that you needed for wartime, be it oil, arcane rods, anything, you could mass produce them. This would be a jumpstart to the Empire's industrial capabilities, which uh, you're doing the math. This would be way more important to the Empire than some soldiers. Where's A.A. Ron? We need to start work on this immediately. This will get us out of everything. Of course, it's not the soul refining technology that I was trying to work on, but I stumbled onto this fantastic... This, This will be better than the soldiers. You're jotting down these ideas and you have the meat and potatoes of it down in your notepad when you hear your partner in a jovial tone call you into the other room. Chad, I did it! I've done it! I figured it out! The inspiration did hit me. I was touched. In the night, I was given some momentary boost of inspiration and I figured it out. I've got to share this with you. I've got a present for you to celebrate. TV, you grab your notepad and you go, you follow your friend's voice into the next room. Uh, when you walk in, you see him. He has a party hat on and a bunch of party favors. He's clearly celebrating. It wasn't chili. I thought you said that you had a chili recipe or something. Oh, that's that, that. Yes, that was different. That was another thing. But this, uh, this is it. I, I, I'm certain of it. I figured it what, out. What, what is it? Here, here, here. What, Let me give it to you. I, I, I hand him a... A, a present that's wrapped up like a it's a gift with you know a bow on it and paper on the outside it's easier to just show you I've, I've got a present and this is to celebrate I've actually figured it out how we can do this how we can create the soul infused warforged my my mind has become clear we can create these in great numbers it's, We've always been held back by this, but not anymore. I've realized it's a simple exchange. Here, look, look. TV begins unwrapping the box as A.A. Ron is talking. You you crazy fool. I don't know how you do these things, but... As he opens up the box in mid-sentence, you look down and you see this glowing brain matter in this box it looks repulsive but fascinating at the same time this is the answer chet is this vor did you is it 
Did you do something with Vor? No. Is this her brain? No. And you, some kind of spell? No, or? it's not Vor. I didn't want Vor to see this. No, no, it's not Vor. Vor's fine. What, what, what am I looking at here? No, I woke up from a nap and I, I was struck by this. This, this piece of blue brain matter was coming out from the wall. It touched my hand and I was given inspiration. TV, you noticed that that one line he said he didn't want Vor to see this didn't sit well with you. You want to say something, but you feel your strength being sapped out of you. You find yourself very rapidly unable to cast even the most minor cantrip. No, no, it's it's very simple, you see. Uh, Vor doesn't need to be here for this part. I I know now how to create the soul-infused Warforged. It's, it's about an exchange, a life for a life, but not just any life, not just any soul. It has to be a strong soul. You see, the arcane mind, it renders elves Have magicless and weak. You... Causes them to become ill. Done! That provides a ready source for long-lived beings. It's just like dwarves. You beings without your powers... Weakened, become my source for infinite soul-infused warforged. You'll pay for this, Aaron. Someday, you'll pay. You first. <laughs> TV, you hear maniacal laughter. Your eyes close from weakness. That's that's some maniacal laughter you got there, buddy. You can't see what's happening around you. The world is fading out, but you hear a gunshot. You know that's Aaron's personal protection firearm, and the last thing you feel on this plane is a warm and dull pain in your stomach. I've figured it out. Trudy, be true to yourself. Be that fairy you've always wanted to be. Your last thoughts are of Gertrude and Loretta with fairy wings on. Dad, you said I can be anything I want when I grow up, right? Of course, darling. I want to be a fairy, Dad. (laughs) Because my dad will have already made the perfect world. I can be whatever I want. Loretta says, I want to be a fairy too. I want to be a fairy too. And they both hug their dad. And that is the last thought. No, I said I want to be a fairy first. <laughs> no, you bitch, I'll be a fairy. And like one of them pulls a knife on the other and they start fighting in the, in the yard. And that is the last memory you have before Chet Blancate fades from existence. Later on that day. It's been three days, Aaron. I hope you have some results to show me. <laughs> oh, I've I've got something to show you. Where did your friend go? Was he not up to the challenge? He was not. He was uh, weak and spineless. But he was useful. 
In the end, we found a way to incorporate some of his long-lasting ideas. I'd like to present it to you now. Very menacing, yes. <laughs> As I'm sure that's chalk with innuendo. I'm a very busy king. I don't have time to read into everything that's told to me. Just throw the switch and let's see if this works. We need to figure out if the gnomes are getting a contract or not. Hmm. And he throws the switch. The same thing happens before the machines hum to life, but this time things are running a bit more smoothly. After a few minutes, the capsule opens. You see the TV that you guys all know. It sits before you. It's still steaming, and it stands to life. Is it working, scientist? Mm, yes. Oh, yes, it is working. This is life. Life that I have created. If I cannot inspire love, I will cause fear. That is from Frankenstein. And now, I present to you this creature. I've always respected artifices. I will call him... Artificarian. Can you speak, Artificarian? Can Artificarian speak? Yes, you can. You don't feel like ripping yourself apart? I am Artificarian. He's not a big talker. Shall I rip myself apart? Artificarian, do not rip yourself apart. Come walk towards me. Nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. Frankenstein. But <laughs> I do not want you to tear yourself apart. I want you to live. Come forward and kneel before the king. Who is the king? This great man before you is the king. Kneel. Get down on one knee. Will this thing kill on command? What? can be learned from killing. No, this model is meant to be a scientist. He is meant to learn and grow and create other great beings. But I can create soldiers much easier for you, King. Infinite soldiers. Of course, it will cost a fortune. The Empire is not short on fortunes. I do trust that soldiers will be in tow shortly. Absolutely. I can guarantee that you will have armies of soul-infused Warforge to do your bidding. Excellent. I re shall reassign the gnomes to a different contract. Well, if there's nothing else, congratulations, A.A. Ron. Your friend is a fool. He could have been part of something great. Yes, yes. Well, he is. Friend? I want a friend. Oh, yes, yes. You'll be... You'll be my friend. Tifi's just like looking at his hands and like turning his wrists and just studying himself and like tapping on himself. Like a genius baby quickly learning himself and, you know, figuring figuring things out. King, perhaps uh, assign the gnomes to maintenance. You can have a gnome look after Mr. Artificarian here, like one of those idiots pastrami eating sandwich gnomes that you have laying around. That sounds like foreshadowing scientist. Mm, I'm good at that. Uh, King, one last thing. I do have a... Uh, yes? A mutual friend with you. A, a blue, glowing, big-brained friend. You may remember him. Gods, keep walking. Me and the scientist who wish to speak privately. This, yes, thank you. How do you know about our friend... 
Ah, that's, that is uh, the question, isn't it? Here, check this out. And I show this notebook. I know you're probably not a big fan of elves and dwarves like I am. I've found a way to have unlimited supply of war-forged troops. Well, it's not that I have any disagreements with my elven and dwarven kin. Their empires simply do not move at the same rate as humans and gnomes. They are stuck in their ways, and furthermore, their armies have never recovered. They are they are races that lack the ability to help defend the empire. If you're implying that you have found a way to help boost their production in defense of their empire, then you have my ear. Oh, I have. I have found a way to use them much, much better for you and your armies. I think uh, you will find this interesting. I show him this notebook that has all the jottings of Artificarian down here. Artificarian, come forward. Kneel down. Bend over. I put the, uh, I put the notebook on his back like it's a table and start scribbling on it. This here is transmutation magic. The problem before was that our blue friend could only be in one place at a time, but not anymore. With my plan, he can be everywhere. In fact, I can see our blue friend powering this entire city and providing a network of energy, intelligence, power, and control. You have intrigued me, scientists. Go on. And right then, that's where we're going to fade out. You don't remember a lot of interaction in the in your early days TV, but one day Vor comes back after uh, several days on the road on whatever chore Aaron sent her on. Aaron is at the top of his tower in Cranksport in his office. TV, you are cleaning up the lab, and Vor comes in. Oh. Hello, I see the experiment was a success. Um, how are, are you the new assistant? I am Artificarian. Artificarian? That's a pretty name. Hello, I'm Vor. I am Artificarian. I don't think anybody's taught you how to hold a broom, right? Um, and she walks over to you and tries to uh, help correct your form, teach you how to sweep, right? She looks into your red eyes and touches you, and for a moment you see a look of sadness and horror on her face. Where's... where's Mr. Chet Blancake? Where's Mr. Chet Blancake? Where's Mr. Chet Blancake? And she's starting to freak out. She's looking all around. She's... Chet Blancake. Chet Blancake. Chet Blancake. What did Chet Blancake not do? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And she runs up to Chet's room and sees that his items are still there. More importantly, the clockwork fairy, Chet Blancake, would never have left without it. And she starts to sob. She runs over to you. Chet! Chet, are you in there, Chet? Chet! Chet. She's punching with her with her weak halfling hands, frantically trying to slap uh, Artificarian's face to see if we can get a reaction. Chet! Chet! How is Chet inside of me? She sobs. He did it. <laughs> he did it. That unbelievable bastard did it. And she tearfully and hastily packs together her belongings 
walks up to Chet's old room, grabs the almost completed clockwork fairy, wants to say something to Artificarian, who is standing motionless. Um, Artificarian sees the clockwork fairy and just like, may I? She pauses. She doesn't hand it to him. She, she, she's frozen. She doesn't know what to do in this moment. Artificarian and it takes the moment of pause as acceptance, grabs the clockwork figurine and flips out his um, tinkering tools from his wrists and just quickly, intuitively, almost magically just finishes this clockwork item, uh, even pulling a spring out of one of his fingers to finish the clockwork uh, figurine. She grabs it. She doesn't know what to say. This small halfling woman takes her arms and throws them around your neck as fluid leaks from her face and emotional noises come from this creature. You are perplexed by what is happening. She then finishes up by giving you a kiss on the cheek and says, I'm sure Cody will love it. Everybody miss you, Chet. Who's Gertie? That question lingers in Artificarian's mind for only a second before he sees something else that he is more curious about. Some basic fact about the world that he had known. Questions like, who is Chet? Those are minor questions right now. There's always time to find those things out later. Who is Chet? Tifi's vision goes white again. And he is back standing in front of Ogma. Are you okay, darling? Was it too much? No, I... Wait. What the fuck? Gertrude? (laughs) (laughs) And that is where we're going to end this backstory today. That was really fun. I had some of those ideas worked out with you from, you know, talking about his backstory, but it was fun to see what you did with it. Uh, It definitely had me surprised a few times. Yeah, thank you so much. That was, uh, I love the way these stories unfold. Jesse Egan, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy uh, on all social media. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Please rate and review us nicely. And you'll hear a nice little message on Chud's Buds from me. I love it. And check out his comedy special at Dry Bar Comedy. That is Dry Bar Comedy. Yes, thanks very much. Uh, Clint Beiger, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Clint Beicher on most social medias. Uh, I have Twitter, but I don't really know how to use it. So if you like at me or something, I, I've seen messages of being added or whatever, and then I don't know how to find them. I'm sorry if I don't respond. I, I'll learn. Keep adding me, and eventually one of these times I'm going to figure it out, okay? If... Clint's message right there said you uh, don't want to reach him directly. You don't know if old man Beiger can find his way through Twitter. Just go ahead and send him a message to at awful DND at the show. Uh, that can also be done. Or you can send a message to me at Dungeon Mercado. And before we go, we'd like to say thank you to our patrons. We couldn't do it without your support. Thank you to everybody who reaches out to the show on Twitter. And thank you to everybody who has left us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast service they normally listen to. Thank you very much. Later, nerds. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.
<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kevin, and this is shout-out number five. A little bit of Rick Turpin in my life. A little bit of Jessica Oudbeer by my side. A little bit of Rebecca Throop is all I need. A little bit of Christopher Skelton is what I see. A little bit of Nastasia Egrain in the sun. A little bit of Lindsay Taylor all night long. A little bit of Lynette DeBell, here I am. A little bit of Matthew R makes me your oh man. Excuse me, I'm sorry, what? My producer, Christopher Waltrip, is handing me a notice. It appears to be from the law firm of Baker and Escobedo. It's a cease and desist, claiming I'm in copyright violation. No matter, my own attorney's torso full of bees and malleus varmintum will handle this. This is not over. Why are there so many films about murder and how you can get away? Murder's a felony, but only when convicted. At least that's what my lawyers say. So they ruled a mistrial in court But I think there's more wait and see Cause someday they'll find it The missing connection A shoe print, a cigarette, then me crime would face prosecution when you can claim you're insane. My lawyer thought of that and the judge believed it and that's how I got away. Yeah, it's misleading and keeps me from sleeping, but it's coming, just wait and see. Cause someday I'll lose it, the reality connection, my sanity, my beauty, then me. La 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 Asleep, and then you heard voices. I hear them calling my name. Is it methamphetamine, or maybe psychosis, or maybe they're one and the same? I've heard it too many times to ignore it. This is my new destiny And someday 
You'll find me at a Greyhound connection Yelling and smelling like pee La 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 la